Good morning. I am Jerry Hansen, and I am the National Director for CEF of Canada. And uh, coming here, I knew that there was going to be one person that I would recognize, and that was Stephanie. <laughs> Stephanie worked with uh, CEF uh, Alberta. I don't even remember what year it was, 2008, 2007? I don't remember either. Anyway, it's been a few years ago, and, uh, but I'd seen on Facebook that she was attending here, and uh, so I was kind of looking forward to being able to see her again and touch base with her. I became a Christian as a child, nine years of age. I grew up in a Christian home, and uh, it was always there. And it was one day in a very small vacation Bible school that uh, God really touched my heart, and, and I made that decision to receive him. Continued to grow in my faith as I went through high school and on into college. And I was in college that God, uh, my senior year, just before my senior year of college, that God uh, called me into ministry. Now, I wasn't sure what that was going to be like because um, I was really kind of sure that I didn't really want to be a missionary. And uh, so I wasn't sure what... Um, being called into ministry was, was really going to be all about. After college, I, uh, my wife and I got married, and, and we went on to teach uh, in the public school system in, in various states. Um, and it was during that time and in teaching school that I was quite active in my church, and God was kind of uh, nudging me to um, give up that and go back and go to seminary and get a, uh, my master's in Christian education. I did that, and um, ministry is to be working in the church. And that's what I did after I finished seminary. I went and, and was an associate pastor at a church in charge of all the Christian education aspects from nursery all the way, uh, all the way up to adults. It was one time I was preaching a series of messages from the book of Judges that there was one verse that just jumped out at me. And that verse was uh, in the second chapter, verse 10. After that whole generation had been gathered to their fathers, another generation grew up who knew neither the Lord nor what he had done for Israel. And out of all the verses in Judges and all the words that I was sharing, that one verse just jumped out and just stuck with me. And I realized that in my ministry in the church that I needed to be doing more, being more intentional and in having my teachers, my workers, teaching children God's word and who God is. And so we made a lot of changes within the church. But it was also during that time that God started working in my life and saying, you know, and I kept feeling there has to be more to teaching the next generation than just in the church. And through a course of a number of events, God directed me to uh, some workers that worked with Child Evangelism Fellowship. There's a lot I could talk about as far as that journey goes. But in... Uh, uh, 1990, get my year right, uh, God really started working in my heart as far as going into Child Evangelism Fellowship. 
that there was a whole lot of children out there that needed to know about God. It was not an easy decision. In fact, I'll have to be very honest. I fought God on this for two years. And then I finally decided it wasn't worth fighting God over and uh, decided that I would go into uh, Child Evangelism Fellowship. I'm very thankful that God was patient with me in those times and uh, in leading me, guiding me, and directing me. So I've been full-time with Child Evangelism Fellowship since 1992. That has taken a lot of different avenues and turns that I never expected uh, God to lead, but God's been very, very faithful. Started off in local ministry in the state of Washington. After a few months, became the state director in the state of Washington. Uh, after three years, moved to our international headquarters in Missouri and became a regional director overseeing 24 states. Um, each time I thought that's, you know, that's as far as it's going to go. That's where it's going to be. But God always has other plans. And uh, never did I dream that God would lead me to Canada. But in, 19, or in 2004, um, that's where God led. Placed a tremendous burden on, on my heart for the children in Canada. And uh, so we made the move in uh, January of 2005 to, to Winnipeg. I had a number of goals when I came to Canada. But my one ultimate goal was to see children reached. And I knew there was a lot of open space, a lot of areas where children were not being reached. And uh, so it's been a burden of mine to see that happen. CF of Atlantic has existed since the early 60s. And um, God is doing a work in this area, and I'm not sure exactly what all that is and, what all, and why for some of the reasons for some of the things that are happening. But um, I see God moving. And as I've had the opportunity the last few months to, to visit pastors, to visit people, to um, get to know the area better, I see that there's a tremendous opportunity for working with children, for reaching children, I was in an area on Sunday, and uh, in this particular area, there's almost 5,000 children under the age of 14, and less than 3% of those ever attend church or Sunday school or any kind of midweek children's program. Tremendous opportunity, and I don't think that, that area is the only area across uh, anywhere in Canada. I think we could find that kind of statistic in many, many places. We're beginning to put together a summer ministry program for, for uh, the Maritimes, uh, especially focusing on New Brunswick. But um, we are really looking forward to seeing who God brings in to uh, work with us this summer. Anyone from age 14 on up through college, adults, doesn't make any difference. And... Uh, we already have places identified, some places being, uh, have contacted us and said, we want teams in for the summer. And so God is, God is doing a work. We just have to be faithful and follow what God wants us to do as he 
uh, prepares us for uh, ministry wherever that might take us. It may never be what you think it might be, as I've discovered, but God is faithful and will do all that needs to be done to prepare you for what he wants you to do. I'm very excited for that ministry that will take place here on these grounds. We met with Mr. Booker yesterday, and we'll have another meeting today concerning all of that, uh, but we're, you know, Caleb is already planning on being here and being a part of that Christian Youth in Action training school that will take place on these grounds from July 1st through July 6th, and then an outreach to the children in this area uh, and across into northern Maine that will uh, come proceed from that. And I'm just trusting that God will do great things through that and that it will be the beginning of something that we uh, are able to build upon right here. And I'm thankful that Mr. Hansen has been here because um, I, I don't live in Canada, and, but many of you do. And my... If God would put a burden on your heart to, uh, to help out with that, to say, here am I, Lord, send me. I'll, I'll go and reach some of these kids right around in this, this area. Or I'll, I'll be a missionary to the children of New Brunswick or even uh, Newfoundland or Nova Scotia or Prince Edward Island or Labrador. That's all the Maritimes, as far as CEF sees it anyways. That's the, that's the Maritimes. And uh, I, I, there's no director in the Maritimes. Right now, I'm not even, I don't think there's even a board right now in the Maritimes. And so the Ministry of Child Evangelism Fellowship is, is hardly existent. But my, uh, who knows what God, what God wants to do. And maybe you'll be a part of that. As I shared with you yesterday, I, I love teaching kids. And um, the one who is different, I shared a little bit there. Uh, our Lord Jesus Christ. And yesterday I said I enjoyed teaching. He was different in his birth. He was different in his life. But I, I was thinking this morning with what I might have to say, he was different in his power. I enjoyed teaching kids that he is different in his power. And I, uh, when Mr. McMahon was praying and praying that we might even learn how to engage children when we teach them, you know, I, I got to thinking, you know, that's oh my... God, God gives that. I, one of the things when you teach kids, you know, I, I, when you teach kids, it's good to get right down on their level when you teach kids. Yeah, you, uh, there's, not, there's not a whole lot of pride in children's ministry normally anyways, you know. I, I mean, they're, they're, they don't have it, that's for sure. Uh, they, they come with humble hearts. And so it takes a humble heart to reach kids. And, 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 and you have to stoop. You have to stoop to reach kids. I, I love that aspect of it. But my, what they, can, what they can grab a hold of and understand. When I was teaching them, he's different in his power. The first, the first miracle that we looked at was when they lowered the man, the paralyzed man. You, you know the story, don't you? They lower him down through the ceiling tiles. Or the roof tiles, I guess it would be there. They lower him down through the roof tiles, and, and uh, <laughs> the Lord Jesus looks at their faith, and he says, your sins are forgiven you. And they say, who is this man that he can forgive sins? Well, of course, it's dangerous to 
think and reason like that in the presence of one who knows your heart, isn't it? And so he knew their reasonings, and, and he ended up saying, which is easier to say? You know, why are you reasoning this in your hearts? Which is easier to say? Your sins are forgiven you, or rise, take up your bed and walk. But that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. I say to you, rise, take up your bed and walk. And then, I mean, they're, they're kids, but you look at those kids and you say to them, now he has authority on earth to forgive whose sins? Whose sins? <laughs> Our sins, they say. My sins, they say. It's good, it's good to teach kids. That, that's the first miracle I use there. The second one that I use in teaching those kids is the raising of uh, Jairus' daughter. That's a good miracle to teach kids too because she's a little girl. She, you know, to get right to the point of it, I won't make the whole sermon for you, but he takes her by the hand and says, little girl, arise. And, and she's dead. <laughs> little girl, arise. I always like it that he says, give her something to eat. I'm thinking, it must take a lot out of you to be dead. She was hungry. She needed some nourishment. Give her something, give her something to eat. And it's good to say to those kids that you're teaching kids in him was life. And the life was the light of men. He is the life. And, and he says to us, doesn't he? He that believes in me will never die. Shall never die. Do you believe this? Boy, that's a, it's so good to teach kids those things. And then this calming of the sea as he walks out. And, and I, I love that story for kids, too. I, I love it for anybody but for kids. You know life is rough for kids. Life is rough for a lot of kids. You, you heard me speak of a few of them yesterday. You, you know a few of them yourself. Life is rough for kids. And so the Lord Jesus is, is teaching, and then he sends the disciples into the boat, and he says, cross the sea. And he goes up on a mountain alone to pray. And then I, this is, what, this is what I like about it for kids. It says, he saw them out there in the sea toiling. He saw them out there in the sea toiling. It was between, it was in the fourth watch of the night, so somewhere between three o'clock and six o'clock in the morning. And there they are out in that storm. And he looked from the mountaintop and he saw them. So what does that mean? What's the application? What does that mean for kids? Doesn't he look and see us toiling too? I mean, what's it mean for you? It means the same thing for you as it does for kids, doesn't it? As it did for those disciples when I'm out on the sea toiling and I don't know if I'm going to make it or not, the Lord Jesus sees. I love that for kids. I love teaching that to kids. Kids can grab a hold of that. We, we, we sometimes, when we teach kids, you know, we think we've got to put on our kid voice. Or we've got to jump up and down and do funny things and be exciting and all of that. You don't have to be all, if, if, you, if that's what you are normally, be that normally. I'm not that normally. I don't dress up funny and try to do funny things and put on, a, put on my kid voice, you know. Or I just teach with my voice. That's who I am. 
and you teach the truth to kids, and you ask God to open their hearts so that they can grab a hold of it and understand it, and you ask God to fill you with His Holy Spirit so that you can teach plainly and clearly, and, and kids understand. Then the last miracle that we teach in that His life is different than any other life is John chapter 6, and I, I love that. T -t Turn in your Bibles there. John chapter 6. After these things, verse 1, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him because they saw his signs, which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. And Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? Over in Mark's gospel, he says to the disciples, You feed them. <laughs> you feed them. What a challenge to those of us in ministry. You feed them. Lord, I can't. I, I, I don't have any bread. Fill me. Fill me so I can feed them. But this he said to test him, and I, I like this phrase because it's always true, for he himself knew what he would do. The Lord Jesus always knows what he's going to do. Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here who has five barley loaves and two small fish, but what are they among so many? Then Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in the place, so the men sat down in number, about 5,000, and Jesus took the loaves. Well, I, this is what the account that we have here, but we have to piece some things together because somehow the, the little lunch, the few loaves, and the couple of fish get from the little boy, the lad, to the Lord. And I love to ask the kids, How did that happen? How did the Lord Jesus get the little boy's lunch? <laughs> so I, I, I'd like to ask kids now, did he say to his disciples, look at the size of you guys. Go take the lunch. You're bigger than him. Go take the lunch. Do you think that's the way the Lord Jesus acts? Take the lunch. Or, seems like it was the only lunch in the place. Or do you suppose, he said to the little boy, don't you know I'm the Son of God? It's all mine, give it to me. We call that, we call that when the government does that, eminent domain. They take your land, eminent domain. He has eminent domain, doesn't he? It's all his. And so I like the kids to just think about that a little bit. How did he get the lunch? You think about it. How did he get the lunch? What had to happen? Go ahead. Yeah, the kid gave it to him, she said. The little boy. <laughs> that little boy had to give the Lord Jesus his lunch. How much of his lunch did he give him? All of it. 
Boy, are you, are you putting together... It's fun to watch kids. They begin to put together the pieces. Are you putting together the pieces too? All of it. And then I like to ask him now. He took that little lunch, five loaves, barley loaves, small little loaves, two small fish, and he blessed it and broke it, and they had seated them by fifties, and they passed it around, and it just kept coming and coming, God's blessing upon it. And then they take up 12 baskets full afterwards of leftovers for those disciples, probably, who said, how can we feed these people? So if the Lord Jesus could do that with that little lunch, I mean, couldn't he have done it with half the lunch? I mean, really. He could have taken, he could have taken two and a half loaves and one fish. Couldn't he have done the same thing with two and a half loaves and one fish? He could have. Yeah. Couldn't he have, I, I mean, really, did he need the lunch? Couldn't he have just made fish and bread, corn on the cob, and everything else to go with it? I mean, he could have. He's God. He wants us to know, he wanted that little boy to know that if you're going to give me something, give me everything. He wants kids to know that too. He wants you to know that too. He wants me to know that too. See, I, I have a little lunch. Do you know what I mean by that? I have a little lunch. I'm not very smart. There are all kinds of people smarter than me. I have a little lunch when it comes to native intelligence. I'm not very tall. I have a little lunch when it comes to physical prowess or physical strength or something like that. I have a little lunch. I'm not very educated. I was one of those high school flunkies. I didn't get a good education. I have a little lunch. But why does God use me? How much of the lunch does God, does God need? How much of the lunch does God require? All of it. And then he doesn't care how big it is or how small it is. Do, do you know most people don't serve the Lord in a ministry of some sort because they think their lunch is too small? We, we, we like to blame it on, mostly, we like to blame it on a lack of commitment. And I, I think that's part of the reason. I do. I think there's a lack of commitment in our churches, and, and we need to be more committed, fully dedicated. But, but I also think that there's a lot of people out there, and you say to them, we need a Sunday school teacher for the fifth and sixth grade. And do you know what most people are thinking? They're thinking somebody else could do it better than me. That's what they're thinking, most people. We need workers to go out and reach the children of Canada, 
with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature, the big ones and the little ones. It is not the will of your Father who is in heaven that one of these little ones should perish. Permit the little children to come to me and do not forbid them for of such is the kingdom of God. And workers are needed. They can't hear without a preacher. And they can't preach unless they're sent. And so God calls. And people sit and say, I don't know if I could do that. My lunch isn't big enough. Somebody else could do it better than me. There's no lunch too small. There is no lunch too small. God's just waiting for each one of us to say, Lord, here's my life. And he won't grab it and take it from you any more than he sent those disciples to grab the lunch and take it from that little boy. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, is the word that you present your bodies, a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. That's what God asks for. And when you teach kids, how many of you, just out of, I know it's probably getting time, how many of you came to know the Lord Jesus before you were 14 years old? Raise your hand. Before you were 14. My goodness, I guess I should have asked the other question. How many came to know the Lord after you were 14? Uh, there, there's a few. There's, there's a few here, aren't there? Me, me too. Me too. My hand goes up then. I came to know the Lord when I was 22. But you know the vast majority of you came to know the Lord before you were 14 years of age. The, the vast majority, what is it, 80%? I believe. I don't have the figures filed away exactly accurate, but I think it is 80% of those people that claim to know the Lord Jesus as Savior made that decision before they were 14 years old. If we don't reach them when they're children, the sad fact of the matter is that many of them will never be reached. I came to know the Lord Jesus when I was 22. Maybe another day I'll share a little bit more of that with you. But my kids all came to know the Lord Jesus when they were children. They were kids. And I could share my testimony and people say, oh my, the grace of God. And I say, yes, that, that's right. And I'm so thankful for the grace of God that saves But my kids would say, from childhood they knew the Holy Scriptures, which were able to make them wise unto salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That's what my kids would say. And then I would ask you, I, I would ask you really, I, I had breakfast this morning with the married students and Mr. Hogue and Mr. Little and uh, Mike, was, Mike was there. You came to know the Lord, you shared, when, when, just a couple of years ago. So you were about 32 or 33, and you came to know the Lord and your wife also, right around the same time. 
Do you want your kids to wait that long? No. No. I mean, who would? Who would, really? I think you came to know the Lord later in life also, Nolan. And you've got one or going to have one in April. First one. And you're probably hoping and praying, Lord, I hope and pray he comes to know the Lord about the same time I did when he's a grown-up man, right? No. No, from childhood you're going to teach him God's Word. The Holy Scriptures which are able to make him wise unto salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. And then what about all those other kids, though, that aren't growing up in Mike's home and Nolan's home? What about those children? Who's going to reach them? Who's going to reach those kids? That's why I'm in Child Evangelism Fellowship. I love reaching those kids, right, Jesse? Yes, right. Jesse will share with you. Jesse will share with you tomorrow a little bit, and then Natasha on Friday a little bit. And Jesse was one of those kids. I love reaching those kids. Let's close in prayer. Our Father, we're thankful for your goodness to us. We're thankful that you reached down and saved us. The Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And Father, we're thankful that you're still seeking and saving through faith in Jesus Christ. And yet we know that it is the gospel that is the power of God unto salvation and that people of all ages children and teenagers and adults all need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Father, send us. I pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. And Lord, I just would specifically ask that you would raise up those that would come to this Christian Youth in Action training school right here on these grounds this summer and that we would begin to see a, a great work here of reaching kids in these maritime provinces, children that you died for. In Jesus' name.